you're listening to another episode of the Print Life Podcast. This week is part two of a four-part series called The Design Path. And this week, we're going to be chatting all about things to consider and how to proceed if you think that the idea of being a freelance print designer might be the right path for you. You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life Community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Choosing to become a freelancer can either be the most rewarding and amazing decision of your life, or it can be a decision that leads you down a path of anxiety and stress and burnout. And we never really know how we're going to feel about freelance until we give it a shot. We're all built differently and we all need different things to feel safe, to succeed, to be lit up by the work that we're doing. And if you are cut out for freelance life, I think that there's going to be a piece of you that already knows that, but sometimes it really does take diving in and giving it a shot to see if it's the right fit for you. Being a freelancer, selling artwork in the fashion industry was very rewarding because I knew what it was that I wanted. So if you're like me and you know that you want to create a schedule of your own, you want flexibility, time freedom, and you want to know that the amount of income that you're able to make is up to you and there's no cap on it. If we really think about it, there's so much opportunity and different ways that you can go about your freelance journey where you can kind of decide what you want your income to be. So if you're like me and that all sounds very appealing to you, then the freelance path might be a really good choice for you. Deciding to become a freelancer, I feel is best served if you have some experience under your belt. So whether that be an in-house job or you've already worked with a couple clients, or maybe you were freelancing in-house for a little while with a company. It does help to have some sort of understanding of how to go about the processes such as, you know, invoicing a client, where to find your clients, what kind of work you do, understanding industry expectation and what the client is going to expect from you when you deliver artwork to them. There's a lot that goes into this and oftentimes you don't get a second chance with a client if you don't know how to deliver what it is they're expecting from you. Selling your artwork in the fashion industry, there are ways you can get started as a freelancer without having to worry about a lot of the delivery, the file delivery, um, custom work, client expectations. There are ways that you can go about learning this along the way. And that would be to work with either a print design studio or with a repper agent, because you're going to learn a lot from them before you're one-on-one with your clients. So sometimes the best way to get your feet wet would be to work with a print design studio. 
Oftentimes, this means you're working on consignment rather than freelance. So this is going to be determined by your financial needs. And what I always suggest to designers is don't jump in to freelance unless you're in a financial position that is going to give you some time and space to get things going without feeling the pressure of the financial need. If you are in a place where there is pressure and a financial need, I would highly recommend making sure that you have an income in place that covers your financial expenses, your needs every month before you dive in to doing freelance. But if you're in a position where maybe you're just out of school, you're still living at home, or you have you know a weekend job or a bridge job, or you're being supported by a family member until you figure it out, or whatever the case may be, if you're in a position where money is not a strain and you can play and explore and see what happens, that's a good time to get your feet wet as a freelancer because it will allow you the space and time to design and see what's working and what isn't without the added pressure of meeting a financial responsibility or financial goal right off the bat, right? I always like to say that if you're new and you don't already have a list of clients and you've never made a sale before and and you're brand new to the industry, to give yourself about six months to a year to really begin to see what you can do as a freelancer. So the different types of ways that you can freelance, like I started out with talking about, would be consignment with a print design studio. This means you're designing for one, two, or three studios. Um, It depends on you and how you're getting started. They're typically given a design brief to design into. Then you deliver prints and then they sell them on your behalf, or at least they show them to be sold on your behalf. Sales with a print design studio is going to largely be contingent upon, you know, are they an online store? Do they have reps and agents? How often are they showing the collection? Um, But you're going to get a little bit of feedback working with a print design studio that's going to help you in the long run, work with your own clients. You're going to begin to see when you deliver a print, if you delivered it incorrectly, they're going to let you know. If you submit a layered file and it's not done correctly, they'll let you know. They're going to let you know the specs and requirements, how to set up the file, what size it should be. They're going to give you design direction based on the markets that they serve. That's also going to teach you how to design to a design brief. It's going to teach you how to set up your art files. It's going to kind of give you an idea of what a client might expect from you when you begin working with a client. Working with reps and agents is going to give you an idea about how often you need to be delivering. They might give you a little bit of feedback on what clients are looking for, but often working with a rep or agent means you are producing about 100 to 300 prints per month and then printing them to fabric or to paper, whatever the client or whatever the rep or agent requires. And this might be better suited for somebody who is headed potentially down the path of starting a studio down the road. If you are solely interested in freelance design, working with a studio, working one-on-one with clients, having your own online shop, I would say working with a repper agent should be something you hold off on. Working with a repper agent is truly for, in my opinion, more of a seasoned designer who can turn out 
larger amounts of work each month and is very organized, has their inventory organized, perhaps a budget in place to be printing to fabric, to print headers, to be shipping that collection out to reps and agents. So this is really for somebody who knows that the idea of being a boutique studio or a studio down the road is going to be part of the overall vision that you see for your business. So this will largely depend on, again, your end goal, but freelance is a good way to begin seeing all of the the possibilities for you that are out there. Because if you're a freelancer, you could hand off some work to a studio on consignment and then hand off some work to another studio on consignment and then begin growing a couple clients on a list, reaching out on LinkedIn, reaching out on Instagram, figuring out what kind of companies you even want to work with. So as a freelancer, the growth is going to be a little bit slower. And this is where I like to say, if you have some skill set in your back pocket that isn't necessarily print design that you could pull on a client or two to do some other type of work with while you're building your client list, that's another really good way to go about it. I did this in the beginning as I was beginning to do print design and trying to get print design clients and custom clients. I was also doing CAD work, which is line sheets, creating basically the sketch of the garments that you would then drop the print into. I was creating those. I was digitizing artwork. I was doing layouts. I was uh, recreating vintage prints. I was doing a lot of things like that mostly like graphic artist, graphic design type work to sort of pull in the income that I needed while I was growing my collection as a print designer. Some other things you'll want to think about before diving into the freelance world is do you want to be going after a client base all the time, growing a client list? How are you with correspondence and emailing and follow-up? We have to treat, as a freelancer, we have to treat our experience with our clients, our relationships with our clients, as if we are a business-to-business relationship. We have to be able to provide invoices and be able to provide estimates and be very firm and direct about boundaries and what we're charging and things of that nature. So we want to make sure before we dive in, to freelance that we know the price points of the work that we want to be doing. We know what type of work we want to be doing, what kind of clients, what the going rate is in that particular market, and really kind of figuring out where you want to be, what industry you want to be in, what market you want to be in, what type of clients you want to work with, and what kind of experience or relationship you want with those clients. That's going to largely determine what type of freelance work you do as well. I used to really enjoy coming into the office of the companies that I worked with and having creative meetings with their team. And then I would go home and do the work. And then I would come back and show them what I have when I was finished and we'd review it together. Then I'd go back home and do more and then bring it back and show them again. And I really enjoyed that when I was first getting started because I was able to form relationships with other people in the office. I was able to look around and see what was going on. I learned a ton. I was able to work closely with other people that were working there but without having the structured schedule of having to be there from nine to five, five days a week. So it enabled me to have other clients as well. So if you are someone who really enjoys changing it up every week, having that nice variety, every project is different. 
Every paycheck is different and is largely determined upon you getting out there and finding your clients, you getting out there and representing yourself, you getting out there and thinking about how you're showing up in the marketplace to attract clients to work with you. And if the idea of all of this is exciting to you, then the freelance path might be a really great fit. So if you make the decision that the freelance path is the road you want to travel, there are a few things that you might want to consider um, a checklist of sorts before you dive in. We talk a lot about this in the Print Life membership in the very first month of content because I believe it's really important. But you always want to start with kind of assessing your financial situation. We all have different needs. We're all in different places in our lives. We all have different circumstances. But before we dive into going freelance, we might want to review where we're at and really ask ourselves and get honest with, is my circumstance needing me to have money coming in right away? Do I have time and flexibility to play and figure out what client, how to get my clients, how to get my portfolio ready and all of these things, because it's going to be very hard. If for most people, it might be very difficult to focus on the creative if we're worried about the financial. So you're going to need to assess where you are. If you're the kind of person like I am, where the need for taking care of your financial responsibilities kind of lights a fire for you, then maybe that's a good place to be, but we're all different. So you're going to need to start there. Maybe you have a bridge job. Maybe you already have some clients on the side and you have money coming in and you can begin building your freelance business slowly. Or maybe you're in a situation where you're being helped out or provided for by loved ones, or maybe you live at home with your parents. And if that's the case, then you can kind of spend some time getting things prepared to move forward as a freelancer. The next thing I like to talk about right after the financial is the emotional support. Again, we all are in going to be in a different situation, but if you're the kind of person that needs to know that you have support, emotional support, someone you can talk to, or even just knowing that the people around you are supportive in your decision, that's going to be huge as well. And if you don't have the support that you need, you're going to need to take a look at that and know that you're okay with it or not. And if you are finding yourself in a position where you need that emotional support and you're not getting it, I would say make sure you have a couple creative friends that you know you can meet up with once in a while. I would join um, a community of artists or designers. Um, I would make sure that you feel supported in some way, that you can bounce ideas off somebody, that you can ask questions, that you have somebody that you can go to. It just kind of helps not only emotionally, but it helps you in the process of moving forward without getting stuck. I remember in the beginnings of my freelance journey, getting stuck quite often around conversations that had would have had to do with, you know, how much should I be asking for or what kind of what kind of classes could I be taking to sharpen my skill set or what does what does CAD mean? I mean, there's so many things that you'll find yourself asking, you know, do I want to sit down with an accountant? What kind of legal do I need? Should I form a DBA or be an independent contractor? Can I use my social security number if you're in the United States? I don't know how it works outside the US, but I had questions around forming an, an entity and how to do my taxes and 
what's considered a write-off. So there's a lot of things that you'll want to, that you'll be asking yourself along this path. And it will be really nice and supportive for you to make sure that you're in a community or that you have a creative group of friends or that you have somebody in your life that you can talk about these things with. Next, this one I believe to be the number one key to finding success as a freelance print designer, and that is to identify your specific industry, market, and client base or end use right at the start, especially if you're just getting started. This is going to eliminate a lot of overwhelm. It's going to eliminate the feeling of stuckness as you're designing. It's going to make it easier to reach out to clients and to know your place in the industry and where to begin sharing your work. It's going to help you focus your content on social platforms. It's going to help you curate your content on social platforms. It'll help you with your mock-up selections. It's just all around the most straightforward way to get going as a freelance designer. So you'll want to begin thinking about what industry, what market, what client base, and what end use your designs are going to be serving. And once you have that market industry client base kind of figured out, your next steps would be to actually curate a portfolio, putting together a body of work that's going to speak to the type of clients that you're going to be reaching out to, the studios you're going to be reaching out to, or the agents and reps you're going to be reaching out to. So you'll want to make sure that you have a decent body of work. I would say about anywhere from 12 to 24 prints with um, not overwhelming, like we need to learn to edit ourselves as well, not too much, not too little. And with a portfolio, um, the one tip I'll give, I won't go too much of a deep dive into portfolio, but we do have uh, a podcast episode called The Profitable Portfolio. But what I will say here is starting strong and finishing strong is a really good thing to keep in mind as you're curating a portfolio. And then putting a lot of the more simple pieces, easy pieces, and always make sure that all of your information is on every page of the portfolio, whether that's your email or your website. And lastly, you'll want to speak to somebody, either a tax accountant or a regular accountant, or perhaps a loved one who has experience in this area, or you may even want to do a little bit of research online to see what works for where you live in terms of whether or not you should form an entity if you're going to be an independent contractor, if you need a DBA, you definitely want to look into having a bank account that is separate for your freelance work so it's not getting mixed into your personal spending and keep things separate. It'll just make taxes a lot easier. This isn't legal advice. I just want to say that, but it is important to sit down and do the research, do your homework. We talk a lot about this in the membership, like getting yourself set up properly in the beginning to avoid any messes down the road. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you want to learn more about what I think is the number one key to finding your unique place in the industry, finding your unique clients, and creating a sustainable business that has buyers coming back to you again and again, head on over to whitebuffalostudio.com forward slash free training. See you next time.